Welcome to Highlawn Baptist Church in St. Albans, West Virginia, where our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known. For more information, visit us online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. We're so glad you've decided to join us, and now we invite you to grab your Bible, if you're able, as we pray that you will be blessed by the preaching of the truth of God's Word today. There's a common thread among our society right now that we are one of another group of faiths that are all effectively the same thing. That Christianity <coughs> is a repeat of what has gone on before. That we are no different. And it puzzles me that a culture that was so steeped in the church, in Christian thought, in Christian ethics, in the story, would buy into that. And it puzzles me even more the fact that a bunch of our own members, when asked what makes you different, don't have the words to use. To prove that there is a difference with us. And his name is Christ. What other religion has a God that loved his creation so much that not suspending his own righteousness, not suspending his own judgment, not suspending his own ethics, he humbled himself and became a human being. Not only that, but he deliberately lived a perfect life for us so that when a day came through the fullness of time, the Bible tells us, he would lay that life down, God sacrificing for us. Love overcame God's judgment. It was God's prerogative, basically, to clean the slate and start over. But out of his love for you, his children, his creation, the people made in his own very image. He didn't stop being God. He didn't stop his righteousness. What is right is right. What is wrong is wrong. That didn't change. What changed was the fact that God himself paid the penalty for us. But to do that, he first had to do something radical. He became one of us. And not just one of us. He became a peasant. And he didn't just become a peasant. He became a peasant that was part of a nation in chains. A nation that was a backwater culture, a country subject to the rule of a pagan people. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born... To, to vast riches. He wasn't born with an army at his back and call. No, he was born in a manger, a cattle trough, not in a palace, but in a stable. He was born to a royal family, but a family that had been kicked off of its throne. He was born into abject poverty. 
He wasn't just like us. The Bible tells us that he had no form nor comeliness that we should be attracted to him, meaning that there was nothing about him to say, look, here's the guy. Except for a star. In ancient words that came true one glorious night, Emmanuel, God with us. From the Gospel according to St. Matthew, if you would, please turn with me in your copy of God's Word to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, as we read together his account of the coming of the most precious gift of all. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not waiting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Let me explain that because this is something in part of the Christmas story that we often miss. In this culture, if you were engaged to somebody, you weren't just, it wasn't just an extension of your dating life. It wasn't just that you gave someone a gift with a promise attached. A betrothal was a legally binding covenant. The only difference between a betrothal is a marriage and a marriage is the religious ceremony. In terms of the law, they were already husband and wife. And yet, the wife was already pregnant. Think about Mary for just a second. One of the reasons that I like the hymn or the, the song Breath of Heaven is the, the words, in a world as cold as stone. Because that's what would have happened to her ordinarily. She gave her body, she gave her reputation, she gave her life, and if need be, she was willing to give her marriage to see the work of grace fulfilled. Do we understand that? That it's part of the story? That in, in, in saying yes to the angel's message, Mary was condemning herself to death in her own mind. Because she was unmarried, she could have been made an example of what the Scripture is basically telling us is that Joseph had the legal right to have her taken before the city gates and stoned to death. But he was a just man according to the Scriptures. And not wanting to heap condemnation upon himself or upon her, he tried to release her from their engagement privately to give her a fighting chance at life. But then this happened. While he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived within her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Yeshua, Savior. For He will save His people from their, from their sins. 
They wanted, in their mindset at that time, they wanted a powerful ruler. They wanted the wealthy warrior. They wanted the lawgiver. They wanted another Moses to release them from the bonds of Rome instead of Egypt. They wanted a political figure, a king, someone who was great and strong, who had a sword in his hand. The angel says, he's not going to save you from the chains of Rome, but he's going to save you from your sins. This was a new kind of savior. That's another difference. It wasn't about the condition of their state, the way that other religions are, especially other state-bound religions. It wasn't about the condition of their wallets, the way that some people are trying to turn Christianity into. It was about the condition of their souls. Hear me when I say this, because God's view of your eternity is a lot more precious to Him than your here and now. Where you spend eternity concerns God a great deal. For being made in His image, you are not just a person, you are not just a chemical function, you are a being in His image of eternal significance and divine worth. Each and every one of you are precious in the sight and in the heart of God. There is nothing more valuable to Him than an eternity spent with you. Have you ever thought about that? And the links that He went to to make that happen. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and will bear a son, and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which is translated... God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took to him his wife. So who is this Jesus that we talk about? Mary was told that he would be someone who was conceived through the Holy Spirit. In other words, there would be no, no willful intercourse that Christ would come into being just as God came into being. He's the pre-existent one. We talked yesterday, or last night in fact, that the light, that the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. The Bible, John goes on to say that he was the maker of all things and without him nothing was made. But everything that has been made was made by him. The creator of everything that exists. The person who owns this planet and all others, every star in the sky. The person who created, who forged from nothingness both the natural and the supernatural loved you specifically so much. That he didn't become a king. He didn't become a rich person. He didn't become a soldier. He became a peasant servant. A refugee, a slave in his own land. Yet this was the firstborn of all creation. According to the Apostle Paul, this Jesus who we come into honor is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, the visible and the invisible, which whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and 
for him. We don't often think about that last part. And he is before all things. In him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. This is where we fit into the story. We often downplay what this building is. But this building is a visible reminder of something that Christ gave his life for. We call it the meeting house, the church gathering place, whatever you want to call it. And yes, it is merely an object, but it is an object that was built sacrificially with a purpose, and that was to house the people of God so that they could worship, so that they could lift their voices in praise, and so that they could learn in safety and comfort, and so that they could draw other people to Him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is God. By him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether the things on earth or the things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. For without the shedding of blood there is no remission, there is no forgiveness of sin. For the wages of sin is death. Mark this down. The reason that Christ came, threefold reason. First, and this is also a difference. First, God became a person to teach us about himself. Christ looked at Thomas in, I, I'm imagining him to be looking at Thomas in frustration in the upper room when Thomas is saying, show us the Father. And Jesus has to respond, if you've seen me, then you have seen the Father. For we have seen His glory, the one and only Son, the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. Jesus came, God came as a person to show us Himself to teach us about Himself, to reveal Himself to us. That's number one. Number two, He came to live a perfect example life. The same Christ who came and who taught also gave. He healed. He forgave. He held nothing back. He loved. He was a living example of the fruit of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, patience, Temperance and self-control. He lived it out for us to give us a road map through the Scriptures that we could watch, that we could read about, that we could learn from. So He came to show us the Father, to show us the image of God, to teach us about Himself, and then to lead an example life. Lastly, third, He came to redeem the church. Why do I phrase it that way? He came to redeem the church. If you are part of the living, if, if you are someone who has earnestly repented of your sins and trusting in Him for salvation, then you are a part of what I jokingly call the capital C Church the body of Christ, the bride 
of Christ. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church for which he gave his life. He gave himself for the church. And if you're part of the church, then guess what? He gave himself for you. But not just you alone. Just as in this custom, in in this society, that the husband had to pay a price to redeem his bride, Christ himself laid down his own blood to redeem her, to cleanse her, to present her to the Father without spot or blemish, without sin, to be as pure as he is pure. To reveal the Father, to reveal God, to lead an example life. And because he led that example life, that perfect and sinless life, he was able to give himself as a sacrifice for you. Remember that. That's what makes us different. We have this example of love with us, the only true love, the agape love, self-giving, self-sacrificing love that enables us to stand as different before the rest of this world. That's why Peter writes down for us, be always willing to give an account of the joy that is within you. Because in the, in the disciples' mind, in the apostles' mind, when you have that peace that passes all understanding, when the world falls apart without you, around you, and you can still smile because you know that Christ has gone before, when your health is failing, when things, uh, when you've got more bills than you have dollars, when everything seems to be falling apart, you can still hold on to the joy of Christ. Why? Because He is not going to let you down. We serve a God who delights in the making and keeping of promises to his children. Other gods are capricious. Other gods can change their minds. Other gods break their own laws. Other gods do not care for human beings, much less sacrifice for them. Ours does. And he gave us this example life that if we live it out before other people, then just as he commanded during that communion day, love one another just as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. For they will know you are my disciples if you love one another. What makes you different? It's the love of God. What makes you different? It's the example of Christ. What makes you different? What makes us different ultimately is the fact that God sacrificed for us. And he expects us in return to live out that same love for the people surrounding us, for our church, for our neighbors, for our community, for everyone that gathers around us. Love God with all that we are. Love our neighbor as ourselves, and as the body of Christ love one another. That will showcase the difference of Christ to others. And if we hold firm to that mission, then it is true without doubt that not only will we come to better know Christ, but to make Christ known. This is a hard challenge. 
but the ultimate gift, I believe, that we can give others on this Christmas day is the gift of love. To hold them in our hearts the same way that He holds us. To showcase that same kind of, more than just affection, the same kind of compulsion to do good that He dedicated to us from the manger to the cross, to the right-hand side of His Heavenly Father, where even right now, He is praying for you. Bear this always in mind, that no matter what you're going through in this life, no matter what challenges you may face, the same Christ of the manger in Bethlehem, the same Christ of the cross at Calvary, the same Christ of the empty tomb is now, set, is now seated right next to the throne of God and is constantly praying to Him for you. There is never a time, ever, when He is not, he's not imploring His love out to you. I'll close with this really quickly. There is a story about a, a grandfather. Right as fall was transitioning into winter, and the sky was clear, and all the stars and the majesties of the heavens were put on full display. And the son, the, the, the boy was musing to his grandfather. Pop, if this is the wrong side of heaven... What must the right side look like? And he, he offered one last tidbit. Is it true that God can see me all the time? His grandfather turned to look at him and he said, Son, God loves you so much that he can't take his eyes off you. This is the God we serve. This is the God who is different. This is the God who both challenges us and commands us to be different. Love Him. Love your neighbor. Love one another. Be the church. Be those that He called from a world of darkness to reflect His light. And all God's people said, and Heavenly Father, it is again that we come to you this morning to give you praise, honor, and glory for everything that you've done for us. For being the God who loved us when we were unlovable. Being the God who challenges us to be the better person. To be conformed more and more to the image of your Son. Lord, if there's any within the sound of my voice that have yet to experience that love personally. We open this time of invitation. As the musicians come forward, we offer this time for those that need a special helping of your grace and your love to come to us, to come to you, to be embraced by you and by your church.
Lord, whatever the need is on any heart, we open this time and dedicate it in ourselves into your hands without reservation. Drawn to those that you would save. Drawn to you, those who may just need a special embrace. For these things we ask in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for joining us at High Lawn Baptist Church. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. At High Lawn, we believe that when you love God, you share His Word. When you love others, you spread the gospel. We would love for you to join us next time, and if possible, to join us in person. To contact or learn more about us, to donate to our ongoing ministry, or most importantly, to learn about the salvation offered to you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, visit us at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. Once again, thank you, and God bless you.